What if I told you I'm having a hard time keeping these gators down? Is this is this thing on? I think I think it is. It's Ron Brown. <laughs> I wasn't here last week, uh, but AD held it down. Trent held it down. AV held it down. This is our second episode of the third season. Third season of Bird Bros. Twenty seventeen is upon us. Training camp is upon us. Uh, it's a lovely day, lovely time in the world. College football, high school football, the NFL is back. Oh man, it's lovely. Fellas, how are you all doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. I'm making it. I'm making it. Uh, AB sound like that sun got him out there today. That's what that sound like. Hey, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I'm doing great, man. Doing, doing outstanding out here, man. All right, cool. Well, shoot, AV, man, we're going to give you the floor because you made the drive up the Flowery Branch. Man, and we're blowing the, up the group me. Blowing up the group <laughs> me by, by <laughs> trying to be diligent. <laughs> workers worker bees at our respective occupations uh but hey av took the drive up the flowery branch and checked out training camp so hey break it down tell us what you saw who'd you like um any funny moments any autographs talk any trash did you tell vic beasley he was um he was a bust or (laughs) somebody new this year who's your who's the guy that you're going to reverse curse this year yeah man yeah uh had a great time up at uh, Flowery Branch. It was my first time uh, actually going to training camp, first time um, going to Flowery Branch to see the Falcons. Um, got there uh, probably around 10.30, so I actually missed Julio uh, in the 11 on 11s, but in case you guys didn't know, Julio made his debut um, in 11 on 11 uh, training camp practice, full pads, um, so it was good for him to be back out there. I know that there's been a lot of talk about bringing – Julio back slowly as he returns from um, that foot surgery he had in the offseason. But uh, Julio was out there. When I got there, he actually was on the sidelines um, at that point in practice. So, you know, Julio's back. You know, another guy who had a lot of interest in seeing was Tack McKinley, um, another guy who is coming off of offseason surgery. You know, Tack had the shoulder surgery back in March. There was a lot of talk that Tack, you know, may not be ready to come back until – I mean, a lot of guys even thought maybe not until the end of uh, training camp, if not even later than that. So uh, Tack looked good. Um, his his shoulder looks – he looks real good out there. He was moving with a lot of energy, a lot of speed, a lot of power. Um, and so you can kind of see what the Falcons saw in him from his tape, you know, at UCLA the last couple of years. And keep in mind, he was – you know, he was injured playing on that shoulder, uh, bump shoulder for two years, no surgery. Um, so just imagine how disruptive he'll be with the completely healed and really able to get out there and get after the quarterback. So he looked good. Um, favorite moment was probably uh, one of our favorite uh, names. Uh, and I still get, uh, <laughs> I still mess his name up a little bit, but um, uh, the gentleman, his name is, uh, it's, it's, it's bleedy, it's bleedy Ray Wilson. Bleedy man. Ray Wilson. We, Bird, Bird, bro, we, Wilson. We Bird, bro, Bird, Wilson. Bird, bro, Wilson. <laughs> My yeah. name is Bird. Last hey, name. Bird, bro, Wilson, Wilson. if you're listening, we need you on the podcast, man. If you're yeah, listening, we need, we need, we need, need a weekly segment, bro. Yes, yes. Hold up, but wait, real quick, real quick now. You know, this is just a peek into our group me, but uh, AV had a – he was offended <laughs> in training camp that we had two players wearing number seven. 
Oh, we had a player wearing number seven and one wearing 84. Yes, um, yes. Josh, I think Josh McGee from South Alabama is wearing seven. And mm-hmm. Reggie Davis. I think what, Reggie, Reggie Davis. From, Georgia. Yeah, UGA is 84. So, I, I mean, AV was a bit pissed that some of our most storied numbers are being worn by some training camp guys. And I was like, it's not enough players. And then you got Ray Wilson, who was on the team last – Who he was uh, – he yeah, played – yeah, the, at towards the end of the year, uh, he's wearing number thirty-three, and I was like, "That's Michael Turner's number." <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't hear AV talk about that one. But you know, yeah, not not the same level of reverence for uh, Turner <laughs> in his, uh, his time here. But uh, that's not nah. the that's not the travesty though. They gave Austin Hooper Peerless Price's number, son. <laughs> no, that's Terrence Mathis's number, right? Yeah, that's yeah, what I. Was that's wearing. true. That's true. I mean, if, we, if we're being honest, <laughs> nothing, nothing is sacred anymore for the Falcons. So, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Wilson made, he made actually a pick six on uh, Chris Sims. Um, the, the third stringers going against <laughs> each other. So um, I think, well, actually, yeah, third stringers, you know, cause Shabby's going to be uh, the backup, but um, that was probably one of the more interesting uh, plays that I saw. Um, Devontae looked good, you know, he hit the hole with a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. Like I said, Tack looked good. Um, the guys looked good. It was a good practice, good energy. It was a good crowd out there, maybe about um, 15 to 2,000 people out there. So it was a good a good crowd, good uh, practice. Did I get any autographs? No. Uh, I was out there with my daughter. So I said, I'm going to still look like a man out here. I'm not going to go groveling for anybody's uh, <laughs> autographs. So. No, that was your disclaimer, man. That was your disclaimer. You had your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. For the kids. I, I, you're right. You're absolutely right. But we uh, we just sat back, just kind of chill, just uh, really took it all in. Um, it was just real cool. Uh, Schweitzer and Garland still were going back and forth um, with first team reps, um, and they both got second team reps as well. So I still think that battle's not going to be decided uh, at least until um, the third preseason game. You know, the opener at NBS against the Cardinals. So it's going to be a little bit of time before a few of these battles are settled. But uh, it was a good it was a good practice out there. Um, there's not a whole lot of time left before the first uh, preseason game next week uh, on the road at Miami. So um, I know that these training camp uh, practices are starting to really ramp up as they get a lot closer uh, to the first preseason game. My only question for you, A.V., is was Jalen Collins sitting beside you or did he actually lace up today? And for those of you who were obviously not a part of our group chat, uh, Trent has been uh, one of the, the <laughs> toughest critics on Mr. Uh, Mr. Jalen Collins. Uh, Jalen was out there. Um, I sent a picture, and we'll have more pictures up on the website uh, for everybody out there listening. Um, he was out there really just kind of – I mean, he, he played a little bit. He was still mostly with the third stringers. Um, if you've listened and kind of read some of what Dan Quinn has been saying, Dan Quinn has really said that, you know, there's no disciplinary issue. There's no specific reason. We're just kind of giving everybody reps. Um, so there's nothing that they're really pointing to as a specific reason why Jalen's not out there with the ones or even really with the twos. Um, I think all of us thought that Jalen even had a potential, if not to start, to definitely be, you know, maybe one of the first or second string um, cornerbacks in the game, you know, after uh, Trufant and after Alfred. But he's been passed up by C.J. Goodwin. He's been passed up by Wilson. He's been passed up. Um, what's the other guy's name? Um, uh, Brian Poole. Brian Poole, I mean, he's he's gotten, you know, passed up significantly. Uh, Akeem King has gotten some reps over him, too. So uh, he's still trying to find his way. 
Um, and he did get a little bit of time, not a lot. He got a little bit, but uh, he was out there. I got a couple, like I said, a couple pictures of him uh, getting a little bit of work, some individual session workout. But uh, yeah, he was with third string solidly. So uh, I think it made for him. I don't think he's in danger of getting cut, but um, I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it. I mean, I don't really know what's going on, but yeah, he definitely is kind of on the outside looking in. Uh, I like top the, corners. I like the joke. I don't think. I think. I just think. I honestly, Dan Quinn just wants to see other people. I mean, of course, he already knows what he's going to get with Jalen Collins. I mean, he had all last year to prove himself. So uh, I don't think he's in like a dire situation where he's going to continue to fall down the depth chart. I mean, it's funny though, just because our like we went from having one of the worst secondaries in the league a couple of years ago to next to actually that cornerback position is kind of stacked from the depth chart. So it is some competition, but I don't think he will fall in that four or five range. I still think he will be right below um Rocky Rocky and uh True Fine. But I, I think it does really speak, like you said, Trent, as far as with the uh, with the with the depth that we have, that you got a guy like a CJ Goodwin um, or to keep Akeem King or, you know, some of these other young guys where they're pushing them. I mean, it's not like anything is given to anybody. And I mean, Dan Quinn has really preached that type of competitiveness roster. And, and like you said, I think this is, you know, you can argue that cornerback is probably our deepest position on the team. And I mean, these guys—they're really getting after it. They were—they're playing some good ball out there today. Um, so I think the preseason will be really interesting to see who really kind of gets that separation. Hey, uh, Av, did you see Ric Flair out there? I saw a few tweets uh, with Rick Ric Flair taking pictures with some of the guys. Or was that? Um, I did not see him. Um, I mean, training camp—at uh, least the morning session ended right morning, around yeah. noon. Okay. But uh and we, we kinda got out right around that, that point. But uh yeah, I saw some of those same tweets. Oh, he's kind of been he a fan a 30 of the for 30 for, Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean he's been he's a fan been, of the the entire NFC South. Not yeah. just the <laughs> Falcons, the NFC South. I heard well, he got into it a little bit with the Panthers last year though, right? Yeah, because he's been he was a fan for them also. <laughs> what what is the title of that thirty for thirty? Yeah. What if I told you I'm having a hard time keeping these gators down? (laughs) Classic. Yeah. So, um, no, I did not see him. Um, I mean, he may have come through a little bit earlier. Like I said, I I was I got there right around like 1030. So that first hour he may have uh, he may have come through or maybe right after we left. But no, I didn't I didn't see him uh, while he was there. Did you see uh, – oh, another question, another question. Um, <laughs> uh, Reggie Davis. Now, I think you – someone was mentioning that he, he has potential to make a squad. I don't think he'll make the squad. Did you see him out there today? Saw a little bit of him out there. Um, I think it's going to be tough. Uh, I think with Devin Fuller's injury, he definitely it gives him more of a shot. You know, he made a lot of great plays this, this past weekend. I uh, didn't see him make quite as many plays uh, today, but – I think he definitely has a shot. I mean, if you look at the top four guys, as far as wide receivers are concerned, obviously Julio, Sanu, Gabriel, uh, Justin Hardy, those guys are locks. I think he's probably going to be in a battle against somebody like Nick Williams, who's been, you know, a key, you know, practice squad. Andre Roberts. Andre Roberts probably going to find his spot, you know, getting that, you know, special special teams. teams. Um, But 
you know, you would look at somebody like Reggie Davis, you know, obviously he's able to make plays as a wide receiver, but he's really, if he's going to get onto the team, he's going to have to really make it with special teams, I think. So uh, that's number five wide receiver spot, I would think, is really between him and Nick Williams. Um, and I would think the winner would probably be, be rewarded with the trip to uh, to the practice squad. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see uh, what, you know, what happens there. But, yeah, he definitely – he made some plays. I can't take that away from him. Uh, but not as dynamic uh, as he was this, this past weekend. Cool. And who won the matchup between Debo and uh, Devontae Freeman? So, you know, as I was saying in the group text, it was kind of a little one-on-one. Um, after the 11-on-11s, the guys broke out into little individual sessions with each other. Some of it was just the linemen going off and just, you know, doing some blocking drills. Some of it was defensive linemen, you know, doing some sprints. And then you had cornerbacks doing some different um, different deals. They had some situational drills. Right after the situational drills were over, kind of like a, a two-minute warning, get to the line, spike it bring the field goal unit out, try to kick a field goal. They did that a few times. Then you saw Devontae and Debo kind of get a little bit of work, you know, by themselves. And they really weren't going at each other. They were kind of oh, just man. like Devontae would be like, listen, like if I do this, if I'm coming straight at you and then I bust to the left and then Debo, like this is how I would play you. So they were kind of like playfully going at each other. But I think when you think about two of the best players on the team, those two guys definitely come to mind. Definitely. Uh, you know, Debo, what he's going to probably do this this year on defense. I mean, I think he's got a chance to be a pro bowler with just how, so how spectacular he was last year. So, um, yeah, they like kind of were going was, at each other, but not not really going at each other. So, Freeman was scared, basically. After that hit, after the Keanu hit, he – Oh, man. He's done with training care. He was reevaluating things, so. <laughs> so. You know, I have a quick question I want to pose to the whole group. Now, uh, I think AV, you had uh, you were talking about the top four hundred, and now did it have Tevin ranked over uh, Devontae Freeman? Yeah, by one spot. He was uh, Tevin was ninety two, Devontae was ninety three, and I'm actually on that bandwagon as well. I think Tevin is more. Um, oh shoot. Yeah, I, I got a lot going on over here. <laughs> That's that family life. That's that family life, man. I got two of them, man. I understand that, man. Family, man. I think Kevin Coleman is more dangerous than Devontae Freeman. So I'm actually on that bandwagon as well. I think Kevin Coleman is better than Devontae Freeman. How do y'all feel about that? Mm, Not from production production standpoint. No, I can't. He hasn't shown me enough to be ranked. You know, that's just – off-season fodder to keep us discussing and keep the TV shows going. But, I mean, straight up, production-wise, Freeman has stayed on the field. He's put up the numbers, and I think he's more valuable as well. Yeah, I, just, I definitely think from the uh, – to me, the biggest thing is staying on the field. Like, you know, Tevin's had injury issues the first couple of years. I mean, we don't know if he can really be an every-down back. Devontae is. You know, he's proven that throughout – his career here as a Falcon. So that would be the one thing that I would say probably not. I think they bring different elements. I think Devontae is more dynamic running the ball. Tevin's more dynamic catching the ball. Uh, but I feel like Devontae overall is, to me, is a better overall running back. Like I, I wouldn't say it's not close. It's close, but I would still say Devontae would be better. AD? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, the the one thing you got to think about is they didn't come in at the same time. So, you know, what, Devontae is a year older than Tevin. So Tevin is, this is what, year three for him? So, you know, this is the year, you know, first year, you know, I mean, I don't know, dude. I think I'm with Trent on this one. I got to, I see why they ranked it that way just because Tevin is a little bit more versatile. And, of course, he's got that. He's got a long speed. Right, yeah, he got a long speed. So I, I see why they did it. I mean, it's like six one way, half dozen another, because you can't hate on anything Devontae's done. Um, well, one play, but we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> um, since he's been here. But I mean, seriously though. But like, if you think about it, like you go back to that Denver game and that little skinny uh, post or whatever that they ran to to Tevin. Who's gonna? You know, nobody can cover that. You know, out of the backfield. I mean, it's just not gonna happen. So. Um, I understand why they did it. Um, I got to kind of agree with that. See, I agree also. Well, the last – of course, the last view we had from Devontae Freeman, he actually balled out in the um, Super Bowl. And, of course, Tevin Coleman was actually injured the second half of that game. But I just remember a couple games also where when the running game wasn't working, Devontae Freeman was done. But we – like for Philly, the Philly game, for example, from last year, when – they actually stuffed our run for the most part, but Tevin Coleman was actually able to still be a factor. Whereas Devontae Freeman, if the running game isn't going, then what you know what I'm saying, what can he do? He can out, he can also catch the ball, but he's not as effective as Tevin Coleman in that situation. But I was just thinking about that because I feel like while honestly that discussion seems preposterous when you just think about it, it's not like honestly, it's very I don't know, I could see, like I said, I'm rolling with Tevin. I'm rolling with Tevin, man. I like the home run hitter. I just, of course, there's, like I said, there was games where I felt like Devontae Freeman wasn't effective at all, and Tevin still was able to ball out. And like I said, he's just more versatile. I think it'll be an interesting thing to look at because, well, depending on how this Freeman contract situation works out, like Coleman may just be the guy, and A.V. and Trent's idea, or who's, who, A.D., you said, you thought he was better or whoever. I mean, whichever one you all think is better. But Coleman's ranking being higher will, will actually mean something because he may be the guy who gets the bulk of the carries or he may be the guy who gets paid a year or two down the road while Freeman is let go. Uh, yeah, I, well, I don't, I'm not uh, saying we can we can afford to let go of Freeman. Well, well I mean, it just I may mean, play out that way. Yeah, they both need, like, they both need each other, of course, we, but, like, they both need each other for the offense. But I just feel like Tevin Coleman is that more dangerous um, and versatile running back. So, therefore, he's, I mean, I feel like Devontae, to an extent, can be uh, one-dimensional. I mean, I, I definitely feel like uh, – I don't think y'all give my boy Devontae the, the credit he deserves. I mean, this is one of the top – running backs in the NFL, I mean, he's able to um, not only statistically, I feel like, dominate a game, but I think he's able to do um, a lot of things, you know, whether it's run the ball, whether it's catch the ball. I know we talk a little bit about, um, you know, the missed block in the Super Bowl, <laughs> but I think I think overall I, I do think that he's probably right outside that top five running backs in the league. I think that's why these negotiations have kind of gone the way they've gone because they're still trying to determine his true value. I think Tevin is definitely as talented, but like I said, if you're going to play that position, you got to prove that you can stay on the field. So you can be as talented as anybody. He's got great speed. 
He's electric when he catches the ball out of the backfield. He's not, to me, he's not as dynamic running the ball as Devontae is. And I think that's his primary, I mean, this is primary position is to be a running back. Devontae to me is a much more dynamic running back um, than Tevin is. So, you know, I think that it's definitely uh, close is definitely something where people could look at it and be like, okay, I can see why I would put so-and-so ahead of, ahead of the other. I don't agree with that ranking. I, I had, I won't say I had issues with, with the rankings uh, for the top 400. I know it's the first time they've done that. So, you know, as a football website, they're trying to really bolster, you know, what they do and kind of, you know, their rankings and everything. But I didn't really – Tevin's – to me, like I said, I don't think he's better than Devontae. I thought it was odd to see it grouped that way. That's the only place I really have seen someone rank Tevin definitively ahead of Devontae, even though it was only by one, you know, one spot. But – that was that was interesting. I wasn't wasn't expecting to see that, but um, you know the Falcons have a lot of talent, so it, it was good to see a lot of Falcons on that list. I think they had six sixteen or seventeen guys, one of the top numbers in the league. So you know the, the respect is there, but I didn't necessarily agree with the ranking. Like four hundred, that's a lot of players. Like that's the whole thing on league. <laughs> like good, it's a lot of guys. It's a lot of guys. Yeah, but how mad are you if you came in at like four oh five? Just missed the list. <laughs> Damn it! I mean, you know if I'm what? in the top four, if I'm in the top four hundred of a league of what seventeen, close to seventeen hundred guys, I, I guess I'm kind of happy, you know. Even yeah. though it's subjective and everything, but it's like I think it was like an NBA when they did a few years ago, and it was like Joel Anthony, like <laughs> worst player in the league, or somebody <laughs> like. No, it might have been like Lavoy Allen or somebody, you know, some random oh, backup yeah. player. But hey, if you're in the top 400, that's a, that's a good thing. You yeah, know, especially was, if you break it down by by position. I mean, if you look at how deep they go with like quarterbacks, you're, you're talking maybe like 15 of like each of your positions, like 15 top 15 quarterback, 15 running backs, top 15 receivers. So they kind of mix it up like that. So. I mean that's that's pretty good. You still like in the top half of starters at your position, so yeah. I mean that's that's not bad. Yeah, I look forward to seeing. Well, I won't say I look forward to because I don't know how he's going to do this, but I wonder how Sark will use Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman because Kyle Shanahan, even though I had issues at in some situations, he was pretty effective at using both of those guys, and of course. They're, I mean, because they're so, um, so good at what they do, they de- they definitely need the attempts as well. So I wonder how Sark will use both of those guys. It'll be interesting because I mean, what he's known for. I mean, at USC when they were clicking, you know, you had the Reggie Bushes and the um, uh, dude, I can't remember, um, Big Boy, yeah, Lindell White, yeah. So he definitely knows how to use a two back system, and he's been around that. Um, I mean, it'd be criminal if he doesn't utilize them in a similar way that they did last year. It will be interesting, though, just because they're, you know, you go back to USC, and I know he's not pigeonholed to doing that exact same thing, but you had Reggie. Reggie Bush, that obviously was the kind of the more dynamic back, and then Lindell was kind of the closer in the big body to get those yeah, yards. That's the thing. That was an easy, like, way to use them. Of course, you when you get the goal line, you're using Lindell with – um Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman, it's a little harder because, you know what I'm saying, it's not – while Devontae Freeman is – well, I don't even know. Who you who do you consider the bruiser out of the two? Because I think it would probably be Devontae. 
I think it depends on where. Well, yeah, I think yeah, it depends on where you're at on the field. Like in a weird way, I would say, if you're, I mean, on goal line, definitely Devontae. But I mean, but Tevin, Tevin's see, got Tevin some been effective in that situation also, where like Devontae right. couldn't get you one or two yards to bet Tevin will. So, I don't, it's, it's a good it's, problem to have. <laughs> it's a good problem to have, but it's going to be harder for him because it's like okay. While it's not as just easy as, oh, okay, let me get my big running back now. No, it's not going to be that. It's going to be, okay, which situation calls for who? Or who has – well, I guess who has a hot hand. That will be easier. I mean, I would I would think, you know, the Falcons use Devontae on a lot of, you know, goal line situations. I mean, I, I think back uh, to some of the playoff games, even the games, um, the Seattle game, you know, where they had – you know, Devontae had some some really nice runs – you know, on the inside. And I, like I said, I think that's where I would trust him more um, mm-hmm. than Tevin. I feel like Tevin is better in space on the outside than he yeah. is in traffic where he has to, you know, read blocks and kind of, you know, make cuts. I think Devontae's, to me, is much better than him. Oh, yeah. As an interior running. Yeah, he but you're right, though. He, he's not a big body. I mean, I, I saw Devontae um, up close a few weeks ago I mean, he's he's a big guy, but he's a short, uh, short human. I mean, he's not. Very, he's not. He's not. Well, AB is big, really so. tall, so you know. Yeah, everybody yeah. has short AB. So let's... yeah. Oh, so, oh, you're right. You're right about that. But uh, yeah, he was. He wasn't. I mean, I was like, wow, this is Devontae Freeman, but he's like five nine, five ten. You know. Um, but I will say this for Tevin. Tevin did get a lot stronger. Uh, he's a lot more cut coming into this year. So he might get more opportunities, you know, in short yardage and at goal line uh, than he did in the past because he's bigger, which I think will help him uh, hold up a lot longer in, during the season too. Any other uh, any other things you guys want want to get off your plate? Any Anything Falcons, non-Falcons related or NFL or life in general? Yes, this it's been a it's been a while. I, didn't, I don't want to do it to my boy, but because I felt like this history I have with him was just so he's the reason I'm a Falcons fan today, and I I hate I hate it had to be him. But Michael Vick, man, it's like first of all, my issue would was why would you go on Fox Sports? I mean, stay away from that network. If anybody has. If anybody is out there, don't go to Fox Sports, all right? That's one place you do not go to. You see Jason Whitlock run away. But anyway, he got caught up in the – he got caught up in telling Colin Ka- – honestly, I don't think it was bad from what he said, but it was more of the platform, what he said, and um, basically where he said it. He was basically – he basically told um, Colin Kaepernick that – he just needs to cut his hair. By now, everyone knows, of course, it was on Fox Sports that um, Michael Vick said that Colin Kaepernick needs to cut his hair, and that's one of the main reasons he hasn't been signed yet, which if you take that out of context, then yes, you you screwed up. But um, everything he said in the interview wasn't bad. It's just more the fact that, hey, it's social media, so you got to get these jokes. But anyway, I just felt bad for my boy Michael Vick, man. I hope he just learn to either be quiet or just don't go to Fox Sports, man. So, uh, well, well, you got to think about it, man. Yeah, I don't agree with anything you said, but that man came. That man went to prison. He has the perspective of somebody who's been been through it. You know, as far as like being in the public eye, 
and kind of how you're supposed to move when you're trying to get back in there. Um, and I, I think I think even somebody like Kaepernick, who's such a lightning rod for uh, for criticism and um, you know for just people either love him or hate him, he's so polarizing. Um, you gotta have a a plan of how you plan to get back into the league because it's clear that the the owners are blackballing him. You know they're colluding to do that. Um, but you have to have a strategy on exactly what it is that you're trying to do. Um, he's already said he's not going to protest. He's not going to do the, uh, you know, protest the anthem, uh, this year. Um, I, I would hope he doesn't cut his hair. I think that would be a horrible message to send. Um, but I think that, you know, he's got to be very clear with teams about what he wants. Um, there's been a lot of talk about maybe him going to the Ravens and then, you know, Ray Lewis had some commentary about that. So, yeah, that's done. I don't know. He may, and if if he doesn't get the Baltimore one, I'm not sure where else he would go at this point. Um, I can't yeah. think of any other any other spot that'd be a good landing spot for him. It's late in camp, so. I mean, yeah, the, the Baltimore thing kind of show it's it's more than football, just because nobody, no other team asks. I mean, the Falcons then Arthur Blank didn't say, "Hey, fans, do you think we should go off after Matt Schaub or go after right any other backup quarterback? I mean, who do we?" Ty Detmer a few years back, you know, most guys don't do that. So obviously they're worried about the off the field aspect. It's not yeah, football. The backlash that comes with it. Yeah, the backlash and you know. But that was where we live in. That was also my issue with Michael Vick, though. It's like instead of condemning him, won't you I mean be the one person like of course everyone is condemning him. Be the one person that's gonna actually stand up for him and be side by side with him. Don't also but think about it. I mean, could you but think about it? Like AV said, man, Mike, he went through it, and you know what he did to get right? He he had the braids, <laughs> he cut his hair, he went to prison. I guess I don't know if you want to say institutionalized, but mm-hmm. it changed him. Which you know, prison is supposed to do that. Incarceration is supposed to do that to people. It changed him. He he's saying what he thought was right. Uh, you know, whether people agree or disagree with it, and of course, there's always going to be people on either side a lot of people that don't understand the issue or why Colin Kaepernick did what he did, or, you know, there are a whole other, a lot of other players that that did it as well. And Kaepernick is the guy who's pointed out. I mean, nobody's really boycotting the Seahawks and they did their own thing. I mean, every team or players stepped away from them also. They had a chance also, and they stepped away. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, the thing is, it's, I, I don't agree with what Vic said, but I understand why he said it because for right and for wrong, you're talking about a guy whose entirety of his life, you know, his success and his – what everybody knew on the B was football, and that was taken away from him. So he was doing anything he could to get that back, not, you know, his identity, his his pay, all these other different things. It was based off a mistake he made, whereas with Colin, we're talking about a principle. And so just the fact that he, Kaepernick did what he did, he's not going to be apt to bend to the principal just to get back in to get a paycheck. Now, that might change in three months. I don't know. But it's two different perspectives. And I think that just really goes back to what to Kaepernick's response of, of, um, of what he said about Stockholm syndrome. When you're wrapped up in that world and that's for right or for wrong, all you got and that's how you 100 percent got to feed your family and that's all taken away from you. You got to kind of bend to those norms. I don't think Kaepernick cares about that at this point. Yeah, agreed. 
Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how their progress is. Yeah, we'll see how their progress is. I mean, Mike Vick. There was even some backlash for him. Uh, I know Virginia Tech was supposed to honor him. Yeah. They're still going through with it. I didn't see the specifics, but there was some backlash about him being honored up there in Blacksburg. Yeah. Animal hey, man, rights. can get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, give, give the man a break. He served his time. He's done done the crime, served his time, done the right thing ever since. I mean, the people who have a problem with Mike Vick in 2017 need to get out their high horse. He He's done everything asked of him and more uh, in society at this point. So I, people like that I can't even take seriously. You're still mad at him, what, 10 years later? Come on, get out of here, man. I think that just also with that comment just actually put him back in the public eye. I think he was doing a good job of actually, you know what I'm saying, stepping away and – you know what I'm saying? Being invisible. But when you go on Fox Sports and actually, because of course, Cap is the number one sports topic in the world right now. Of course, there's no uh, um, actual football going on right now. So, of course, it's all Cap. And if you have any type of point or, you know, if you're saying anything that's going to actually um, become viral, which is what he did, then of course, you're going to have that public eye back on you. Yep. Crazy times we're living in. Uh, you know, a quick question for you all before we before we dip off. A lot of people were saying, hey, I'm going to boycott the NFL because the way Colin Kaepernick is being, being treated. Uh, I mean, I don't really have to get into your political views or any of that, but just from that standpoint, do you feel like, I don't know, I, I guess I can, I'm answering the question. I don't think you guys will boycott, but is this a boycottable <laughs> NFL offense? <laughs> or is like, uh, you know, hey, I agree with you, Cap, and everything, but I love me some NFL. I love some football. Yeah, I, I don't agree with the boycott at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not. I, I mean, my my take on it, um, <clears throat> there's been certain websites, uh, you know, and big shout out to the Kali. I mean, that's, you know, been home base for us uh, for a long time. There's been, you know, different pockets of people on there who are suggesting that a boycott happened um, because of uh, inst- institutionalized racism. Um, part of it based off of the whole Kaepernick uh, situation and what they're seeing is blackballing and collusion. Um, my challenge to those people, I, I feel like I've been pretty consistent uh, with that, is the fact that, one, uh, the NFL is not the only league that has institutionalized racism. So if we're going to be – if we're going to boycott, we need to boycott all professional sports and uh, probably high-level collegiate sports as well. I think number two – um, is it just based off of Kaepernick? So if Kaepernick gets signed by Baltimore tomorrow, does that end this boycott? Um, and then three, just really the validity of some of these people um, who are really trying to boycott. Like you got people who don't like the NFL who are joining a boycott or who don't watch NFL games joining a boycott. You know, like, come on now. How are you going to boycott something you, don't, you didn't support or were never, you know, going to support to begin with? So I think the credibility of some of the people who are, who are going for these um, – is somewhat questionable. I do think there's some validity and some anger based on how Kaepernick has been treated, but I would rather work on how to fix the system as opposed to just trying to leave it alone completely. So. I mean, the NFL is a public, I mean, not public, but a private uh, company. So, I mean, boycotting, I mean, of course they can do what they want to do at the end of the day. Um, 
No, I wouldn't. I'm not, of course, I'm not going to boycott. I watch sports. That's the only thing I actually watch on TV. And, of course, I've been waiting for the NFL season since we lost the Super Bowl. So, no, I'm not going to boycott anything. Um, also, while I hate to sound heartless, but at the same time, this cap situation does – I mean, he's still a millionaire. He's still making – he still hasn't had a, a, a good career. Um, I don't – and honestly, what's surprising to me, I don't sense from Cap that he needs the NFL. So as much as people want him to, oh, get another opportunity, get another opportunity, and so, so as much as these people are mad at certain teams, I don't sense that Cap feels like he needs – like it goes back to what uh, AD was just saying about Michael Vick, whereas Michael Vick, of course, he needed the NFL. I don't sense that from Cap. This is the principle. This the principle. You know, everybody says it a lot, but yeah, it's, it's the yeah, principle yeah. of the thing. Like, hey, he should have. He should be able to still play. I mean, when he's obviously yeah. still talented enough to at least, at least, be a backup. And I think he can right. be a starter for some of these, uh, you know, the bottom four then, or eight squads. Yeah. You know, New York, the Jets, and all these kind of teams. So then, if this is the question, then if he is a backup then is it worth the quote-unquote headache the, or the backlash? that? Because honestly, now you got to put in the perspective of an owner. Now I'm doing this for a backup, right? Now I'm actually um, not necessarily chance. Well, you're, you can chance your – because at the end of the day, the bottom line is profit. The bottom line is money. So if they're looking at it from a financial situation and it's, okay, if I, if I sign this backup, then I'm actually – I guess chancing my my money, then I I can see it from I can see a little bit a little bit of it from an NFL owner's perspective that no I'm not going to take that risk for a backup quarterback. It's just strength. Like I think the one thing though that isn't the, probably the most interesting to me is that people are so up in arms and outraged about uh, the protesting of the flag and him not standing, um, you know, during the national anthem, but there have been numerous guys who have committed acts of domestic violence, who have, you know, done all sorts of heinous uh, crimes, DUIs, things like that. These guys get signed to teams all the time and there's no backlash. So it's just, it's funny to me, you know, what people get caught up in and what people (laughs) ultimately decide they want to get upset about Uh because he he made a very principled, there you go. (laughs) I was waiting on it. He's made he made a principled stand, didn't hurt anybody, didn't he didn't criticize the military. I hear a lot of people say, oh, so-and-so is the military. You know, I got a lot of military in my family. And nothing he did was in to disparage or criticize um, you know, you know, military personnel or military families. So I think a lot of it is just misguided hatred toward him and you know, misguided opinions. But to Trent's point, this is a business at the end of the day. And if you don't feel like it's worth the investment, I mean, you're not going to be paying a backup big money anyway. You know, it's going to be a, a, a one year deal, you know, a couple million dollars. Is it worth it? You know, is it worth it to have this guy? Yeah, he may be more talented than every backup in the league, but, you know, and probably could start on the Jets, the Bears, um, Minnesota. I mean, he could probably still start for a ton of teams. Even San Francisco could still go back and start there. but. Is it worth it? Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. And five yeah, interception boards. It's a handful of squads. Yeah. 
So, I mean, is it worth it to have him on your team and, and to deal with all of the extraness, even though, you know, his teammates loved him in San Francisco, coaches loved him? Is it worth it for that outside perception and ultimately your bottom line? So that's what I think is where this is uh, at this point. And it's, it's simply not. And I, not that I agree with the owners in that regard, but if you look at the climate of what's going on in this country, and you got a president that can say and do damn near anything and that base of people who put him in there don't give a damn. The opinion on cap ain't changing anytime soon with those people. So it is what it is. So uh, I don't believe that I, I don't, I'm not with a boycott per se. I'd rather spend my time doing something to help fix the overall situation outside of football, but I can't, that's what people want to do. That's what they want to do. But I, my suggestion would be to find a better outlet that, have some impact on the community, which is what I think Cap is trying to do in his own life. So, well, fellas, it's been a great discussion on everything about the Falcons, AV's field trip to Flowery <laughs> Branch. <laughs> While the rest of the kids were in school working diligently, he got to go on a field trip. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, little yeah. mini vacation. Yeah, little mini vacation. Yeah. Uh, hey, fellas, I'll actually be back in Atlanta this weekend. So, okay, for a few days. So, you know, hey, we may have to get up or if, if time permits, but uh. Yeah, it's been a great episode of, of Bird Bars. Remember, everybody, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, our uh, website, birdbars.wordpress.com. We're doing a lot of updates. We're making a definitely a deliberate effort to make changes and be, be better. I know you guys are talking about uh, some of our detractors yeah. <laughs> also, who, who help us. You know, that's constructive criticism. We wish there could have been some detail there, but. Hey, we're going to keep improving, finding ways to get better, making this thing better, and going strong for a third season. Send us your feedback, uh, comments, questions. You want to come join us for an episode. We're always open to talking with our fellow Falcons fans. Um, that'll be it. Anything else, fellas? Last last words, last words. Uh, big shout out to the Kali. Um, for everybody who is listening from the Kali, big shout out to you. Uh, check out the Falcons official thread. Um, Matthew 28.3 uh, and his clothes were white as ice. Um, that's for the non-Bible reading heathens. Go uh, check that out. Uh, we got some good uh, content in there. Been having updates daily on Falcons training camp. So make sure to check that out on a daily basis. Also, big shout out to Falcoholic, um, to Vaughn McClure, and to D Orlando Ledbetter. Been using a lot of their content in that thread as well. So, hey man, Av, you are you are a very creative guy. Went to the <laughs> biblical verse, and pulled it out, and used that as a ti- as a thread title at the college house. Yeah, I guess I'm one of those heathens. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to. I just had to Google it. I had to Google that verse. The story of the resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome well hey until next week next time thank you for listening we'll be back we out peace